Let's see. Okay. It works. Okay. And now I want to share with you about the feasts of the Lord. And we are approaching to the fourth season. It means that we are approaching four feasts. And today I want to share with you about feasts of the Lord, both spring feasts and fall feasts. Because all of these feasts, they tell us one complete story. The God's plan for the salvation of humanity. Now, it is a... One thing, I also see that the, in the feast of the Lord, feast of the Lord, they hold a prophetic message, and from this feast we can see first coming of Jesus Christ and also His second coming. Now, in Leviticus chapter twenty-three, God gave us seven appointed times, seven feasts. Let's uh, you can see in the names of the feasts on the slide. And um, we have a Passover, Easter is the first feast, first appointed time, according to Leviticus chapter 23. Then feast of unleavened bread, then feast of fruits, or Yom Habikurim, as we call it in Hebrew. Then feast of weeks, or Pentecost, or Shavuot in Hebrew. It is uh, four feasts. And the four four feasts, and then we have a three. It is spring feast, sorry. And then we have a three four feasts that is that are day of atonement, Yom Atroah, feast of trumpets, day of atonement, Yom Kippur, and feast of tabernacles, Sukkot. Now. It is wonderful to think that God gave the commandment to celebrate these feasts 3,500 years ago. And since then, Jewish people continue to absorb these holidays. Now, four feasts, spring, spring feasts, have been already fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus Christ. And it is amazing to see, today we will see, how the symbolisms of the spring feast have been already fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus. And it is exciting for us as the Christians, because it builds our faith even more that the Bible is the word of the living God. Now, The first feast on the list of appointed times of the Lord, according to Leviticus chapter 23, is the feast of Passover, or Easter. When Jewish people, they celebrate Passover, they celebrate physical exodus from slavery of Egypt. But for us, Passover is much more. We know that we as a Christian, we know that Passover points us to the true freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Freedom from slavery to sin and horror of death. And Jesus fulfilled, fulfilled the symbolisms of the Passover lamb when he died on the cross on the eve of Passover feast. Jesus died on the eve of the Passover feast as he carried on himself the sins of the world. 
And in Jesus became an atonement for us, for all of us. As we can see that Jesus fulfilled the symbolism of the Passover lamp. Now, this second, uh, this second feast, according to the list of Leviticus chapter 23, is the feast on the, uh, of unleavened bread. On the feast of unleavened bread, God commanded people of Israel to, to keep their homes clean of all leaven, to remove all the leaven from their homes. Now, we know from the Bible that leaven is symbol of sin. And this holiday points us to the, love, uh, to the life of Jesus Christ, who was without sin. What made Jesus the perfect sacrifice for our sins was that he was without sins and died for sinful men. And Old Testament sacrifices, they only foreshadowed to the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. To be reconciled with the holy and perfect God, we need perfect and holy sacrifice, which we would not have had if Jesus Christ was not without sin. And we can see in that Simon Peter declared, It is written in First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 19. For you to know that it is not with perishable thing, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed, by the, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamp without blemish or defect. And we can see that Jesus fulfilled two first feasts by his Life and death on the cross. Now, a first feast, according to, to the list of Leviticus chapter 23, is a feast of first fruits, Yoma Bikurim in Hebrew. And this feast, known as the waving, the first sheaf of the harvest. And the resurrection of Jesus fulfilled the symbolisms of this feast. Jesus resurrected the same day that the Jewish people were commanded to bring their sheaf of barley to the temple as a wave offering. This day, this day was also known as the first fruits. And first fruits is a, is a day to remember that God is our provider and we give back to him a portion of what he gave to us. And it is also a day that Jesus was resurrected, becoming the, becoming the first food for all of us, as it written. In Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 is written, But the fact is, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits for those who are asleep. The Lord Jesus is the first fruit of the harvest, and we are the, and we are the harvest. In Jesus Christ, we have a confidence in the resurrection of the of dead. Amen. Amen. As Jesus uh, Jesus fulfilled the symbolism of the feast of first fruits. Now, then we add the season of the spring feast with Shavuot, 
See? Now, Shavuot in Christianity is better known by its Greek name. Pentecost. And Pentecost, and the name Pentecost come, comes from the Greek name, which means the 50th, 50th day. 50th day. 50th. 50th day. And the biblical name of the holiday is Feast of the Weeks, which comes from the seven weeks counting period between Passover and Shavuot. During Shavuot, we celebrate the completion of the seven weeks counting period between Passover and Shavuot. And according to the Jewish tradition, it took for Jewish people seven weeks to travel from Egypt to Mount Sinai. Now, on Passover, Jewish people were liberated from the slavery of Egypt. And on Shavuot, Jewish people received the law of God on the tablets of stone. As a Christian, we know from the book of Acts that Holy Spirit was given to the first believers on during the Feast of Shavuot. It is exciting to think about it. It means that the same day that Jewish people were celebrating receiving of the God's law on the tablets of stone, Holy Spirit came and wrote God's law on the hearts of many. Now it is not anymore only on the tablets of the stone. Now it is written on our hearts. And this was a fulfillment of the prophecy from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 33. I want to read it from you, for you. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. For, for this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Fifty days after sacrificing the Passover lamb, the Israelites received a covenant and promise from God. Fifty days after sacrifice of Jesus, our Passover lamb, believers received the promised new covenant from God. And both events happened to newly, to newly redeemed people. Shavuot occurred after the exodus from Egypt, which marks the birth of the nation of Israel. Pentecost occurred after the resurrection of Jesus, which marked, which marked the birth of the community of the believers, the church. Now, we can see clearly that Jesus fulfilled, that Jesus fulfilled the symbolisms of the of the spring feast. And this fact, to see that Jesus already fulfilled the symbolisms of the spring feast, makes our faith even stronger that Jesus likewise will fulfill the symbolisms of the four feasts. And you know, 
When I see the fulfillment of these symbolisms, it is so sad for me, for my nation, for the people of Israel. God used the Jewish people to write the Holy Scriptures, to preserve the Holy Scriptures. Jesus was born as a Jew. All the apostles were Jewish, and they suffered greatly to bring the gospel to the entire world. And today, my people, Jewish people, they don't recognize. They read the same Bible that we read, but they don't recognize the significance of the symbolisms that Old Testament carries. And thank you for your support to the Jewish people because I believe we as the Christians, we have a responsibility to bring gospel back to the Jewish people and to bring gospel back to the Holy Land. And by the way, your church already supports our ministry in Israel, but we, we, need, we need your prayers. And I brought some, uh, I believe you, you received it, a brochure with short explanation about our ministry. But there is also a page uh, for you to fill in your contact information, you just can fill in your name, your last name, your email address, and we will be happy to send you a monthly update that you can pray for us in focus about, our, about the ministry to the Jewish people. And by the way, we, we are part of Chosen People Ministry. In Chosen People Ministry, it is the oldest Jewish messianic movement, oldest messianic movement that below belong to the Jewish believers in Jesus. For 128 years, we try to share the gospel to the Jewish people. Okay. Now, before we are, before we moving on to the, from the spring feast, to the fall feast, I want to mention that there is a long summer period between, in between. And in Israel, in, in the summer, it is extremely hot and dry. Long, fall feast, uh, spring, uh, spring feast that already fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus Christ, then long summer period in between, and then Four feasts. And after the long, dry summer period comes a first feast, first fall feast, and it is a feast of the trumpets. And let's read together from Leviticus chapter 20, uh, 23, verses 23 to 25. In these verses, we can see how God commanded regarding the feast of the trumpets, of trumpets. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of month, you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with blast of trumpets, a holy convocation. You should not, you should not do any ordinary work, and you shall present a food offering to the Lord. We can see that the that the Feast of Trumpets is to be memorial with blast of trumpets. Now, the blast of trumpets or similar instruments can be used to rouse people to war or march. But when we read these verses in, the, in their context, we can understand that in our passage, the blast of trumpets is used not to is used to call people not to war, not for war, 
but for repentance, because day of atonement comes ten days later. Feast of Trumpets, ten, day, ten days later comes day of atonement. And, and blast of trumpets remind people of Israel to repent. Now, we can see in the Old Testament that prophets links blast of trumpets to the coming day of judgment. Let's read from Joel, chapter, um, chapter 2, verse 1. Blow, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at the door. In the book of in New Testament, in the book of Revelation, we know that all the judgments that God will bring upon the world in the end times, and now we are, we started to be closer closer to the end times, and all the judgments that God will bring upon this world in the end times will be signaled by trumpets. Now, God will judge this world because of the sin of the humanity. But our God is a compassionate God, and he wants to see people turning in repentance and not to see them dying in their sins. We can read from um, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? Today, God is calling sinners to repentance. In the same way, the trumpet reminds people of Israel to repent and prepare for the day of atonement. Okay, now let's speak about the day of atonement. After the day of trumpets, God commanded people of Israel to commemorate day of atonement. Now, Day of Atonement, it is the holiest day in the Old Testament calendar. It is the only day that the high priest was, was able to come into the Holy of Holies and to offer the sacrifice upon, upon the sins of the humanity. As we have already pointed out, after the Day of Trumpets, the people of Israel observed 10 days of repentance. During these 10 days of repentance, the people still has the chance to turn from their evil and sins. And on the day of atonement, after the sacrifice has been made, to receive an atonement for their sins. In other words, the day of atonement is a culmination of the 10 days of repentance. And the day of atonement points us to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will return to this world as a king and as a judge, and he will judge the wicked. But for us, a Christians, he is our priest and our sacrifice. And I believe all of us, we look forward for the day of his return. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
And you know, in our congregation in Tel Aviv, I really encourage uh, members of our church to pray and fast on the Day of Atonement. And because we are the Jewish believers in Jesus, we want to have the same heart as Apostle Paul had. Yeah, Romans, I want to read for you this verse from Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, for Jewish people, and we want to have the same heart for this nation, for them, is for their salvation. We fast and pray on the day of atonement for the salvation of our people Israel, that their eyes be opened to see their Messiah. And then, a last feast, Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, on the Feast of... By the way, your church, they kind of observe or kind of, cele- kind of celebrating in these days the Feast of Tabernacles while they camping. It is the same idea. And you know, on the Feast of Tabernacles, God commands us dwell in booths as, as it's written in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 42 to 43. All native born, born Israelites are to live in boots so that your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in boots when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And, uh, and Jewish people, Jewish religion people still observe their commandments. And they build, you can see in New York City and you can see in Israel people, Jewish people, they build uh, tabernacles, or we call it in Hebrew sukkah, and they try to spend time in these tabernacles. They study Bible, five books, five books of Moses in these tabernacles, they eat in these tabernacles, they, some of them even sleep in these tabernacles. But my, our family, we have a privilege to serve uh, God in Tel Aviv. In Tel Aviv is a secular city. And I think we are only family in our street that uh, builds the sukkah, the tabernacle. But of course, other families, they want to joy and spend the time in our tabernacle. And for us, it opens many opportunities to share the gospel. You can see me and my son, Aurel, we are building our uh, tabernacle. As please pray for us. We celebrate um, Sukkot in the October, in the beginning of October, and please pray for us that God will give us um, opportunities to share the gospel during our time in Tabernacle. Okay. The temporary shelters made during Sukkot I reminder of the temporary dwellings of the Israelites in the desert after they escaped from Egypt. And God performed many miracles to the Jewish people during their time in the desert. And Jewish people, when they celebrate Feast of Tabernacles, they thank God for his protection and his provision for the Israelites during their time in, the, in, in Egypt. But for us, as a Christians, ta- a Feast of Tabernacles is not just a historical event that takes us back to the origins of the holiday. But for us, Feast of Tabernacles 
is another reminder to the future hope of restoration. The, the tabernacle, or the sukkah, as we call it in Hebrew, is a temporal shelter and reminds us that our lives here on the earth are also temporary, temporal. And even in our short lives here, God takes care of us and blesses us just as he took care of the children of Israel in the wilderness. And we thank God. We thank God for his protection and his provision here in, in our lives here on the earth. But we know that God prepared much more for us in eternity with him. And we look forward to the, in, to the hope of future restoration. And I like, like this um, verse so much from the Re- Revelation, chapter 21, verse 3. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people. One day we will be, even today we are his people, but one day we will be so close to him, in in eternity with him. And God himself will be with them and be their God. We will be with him for all eternity in his presence. Okay. As today we have gone through the feasts of the Lord. And it is wonderful to see, it is wonderful to see how the symbolisms of the Old Testament have been already fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus Christ. And to know that more will be fulfilled in his second coming. And you know, Old Testament carries so many hidden truths that in light of the New Testament, bring a richer understanding to our life in Jesus Christ. As, as I finish, let's, uh, as I end, let's pray for the Jewish people. I want to close with a prayer for Jewish people that their eyes will be open to see the significance of the symbolisms that Old Testament carries and that they can discover the truth about them um, about Jesus Christ, their Messiah. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave us your, your word and um, just to guide us in this life. We ask you also for your people, for, for Jewish people, that their eyes will be open to see the significance of the symbolisms that Old Testament carries. And that they can discover the truth about their Messiah, Jesus. And as a Jewish person, I want to pray for Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for their love to you. It is such a blessing to be with them today. And thank you for their love to the Jewish people and their their support to the Jewish ministry. And I ask, you promised to Abraham that you will bless those who bless him and his descendants. And I ask this special Abrahamic blessing upon Grace Baptist Church. Please bless them. And also you commanded us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And you, is it there is it written, may they prosper, or may they be secure who loves you. And we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the peace upon Jewish people, upon, upon Muslims, upon Christians who live in, in Jerusalem. We ask your peace for this city. 
We pray to you, Heavenly Father, by the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.